What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Creature Feature, the podcast where we mix some animal brains, some human brains, and vermouth and make a delicious cocktail called life. I'm Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology at Harvard, and I fight for birds' rights on Twitter. Today, we're peeking beyond the veil at some extrasensory perception. That kid who sees dead people from the sixth sense is a lame nerd compared to our animal contenders who can smell, taste, and feel far beyond the sixth sense. We'll also take a look at some human super sensors, including the future of cyborgs and a real-life daredevil superhero. Are you a super taster? Do you find broccoli, grapefruit, coffee, cabbage, or spinach completely inedible because of how bitter they are? If so, you may have more taste buds on average than others, allowing you to taste with greater intensity. Specifically, super tasters have greater numbers of what are called fungiform papillae. They're these little tiny bumps on the surface of the tip of your tongue. They're called fungiform because they're shaped like little mushrooms. Inside each of the papillae are a cluster of taste buds, and each taste bud contains around 50 to 150 taste receptor cells. So here's how it works. These cells specialize in different flavors. Different receptors bind to different chemicals that are generally separated into the categories of sweet, salty, sour, bitter, and umami. You may have been taught about a taste map in elementary school that different parts of the tongue are responsible for tasting different things like sweet, sour, or salty, but uh, they lied to you. They lied to your sweet, innocent child self. The different types of taste receptors are found all over the entire tongue and are even diverse within the same taste bud. You can actually do a fun little experiment to see if you're a super taster, which I'm gonna inflict on my guest in just a minute here. Coat your tongue in blue food dye and admire the fact that you just blew yourself. Then get one of those little binder rings or use a standard hole punch to make a hole in a piece of white paper. 
Hold it up to the tip of your blue tongue and now count the number of bumps. These are the little fungiform papillae that we just talked about. Most people will have about 15 to 35 papillae within that six millimeter diameter circle, but super tasters will have 35 to 60. And for those of you who find you seek out ghost peppers and blue cheese, if you counted less than 15 papillae, you might be what's called a non-taster. So you can tell your friends you actually have a medical reason why you use way too much salt. Joining me today is Jamie Loftus, hacktivist, coder, co-host of the Bechtel cast, and Zamboni expert. Hi. Great to have you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Okay, so I'm just going to like going to put my tongue in the blue and then hope it. I don't know why I'm panicking. <laughs> I'm going to flip so, this up. Now you put, you put a circle on your tongue. Wherever? Yeah, well, I'm going to try to do it like near the tip, not on the very tip, but yeah, like near the tip because that's where the blue is. Yeah, there you go. Um, uh-huh. And so... Uh, so now we've got our tongues are blue, and we have little um, circles so that we can count the number of uh, papillae within the circles. Uh-huh. Jamie's really struggling, so I'm going to do her first. Uh-huh. All right. Is that enough? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I've counted the bumps on Jamie's tongue. And I didn't realize I had such a horrible, throbbing <laughs> tongue. Until you had to... Keep it out of your mouth for dry and out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah. So most people have 15 to 35 oh. papillae within six millimeters, and you have 14, which, which I mean, I bet if we did it a bunch of times, which we're not going to do, <laughs> we'd get an average of 15 at least, and then maybe more. So you're normal. So I've got, uh, but like on the lower side? Um. Well, I mean... Again, we'd have to take an average of your entire tongue. True. So I bet you're just completely normal. Okay, my turn. My ch- your turn. Well, your to- turn, but Is my, my turn to blue? count. Mm, I got to re-blue. I would go for another dip. I got to blue myself again. You got to blue yourself again. There's this. Uh, so wait, wait, less just means you can. Ta- so if, if there's more papilla, can you taste so better? So there was. Yeah, more papillae means you can taste better. If you count less than 15, you're a non-taster. Hell yeah. So that means you can't taste as good. Do you like season your food a lot? Yeah. Maybe you are on the lower end of tasters. So I like, put like, yeah, I put all sorts of fucked up stuff like, on food like to make it taste more. Way more salt. Than most people. Maybe you a are. A lot more it could pepper. Be, it could be that you're like actually sort of on the lower end of the taste spectrum. I think that that is a superpower because I can eat really shitty food all the time. And nice. It's a big, t- it's a, it's a big <laughs> financial boon. For, nice. For yeah. <laughs> all right. So is my tongue still blue? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm going to okay. put this on now. Okay. I'm going to get a little too close. That's all right. Okay. And then I'm going to count. Mm. 18. So, oh, wait, okay. But that wasn't the bluest area of your tongue. I would hazard to guess there were probably two or three more I didn't see. Okay. Yeah, that seems about normal. Okay. Um, It's like 15 to 35. Uh, and then if you count, like, if you get 35 to 60, you're mm. actually a super taster. So. Um, is that good? What, what is that? 
So it means that you're... Uh, I'm being helpful. No, no, no. <laughs> it's it's that you have way more papillae than normal, so you're mm. going to be very sensitive to uh, to taste. So right. like really bitter flavors. And I've wondered if I'm a super taster because I'm very sensitive to taste, but I've suspected that it's not so much going on with my tongue, mm-hmm. but it's that I'm, I'm like smell more than normal. Oh, okay. And that smell has a lot to do with taste. So mm-hmm. like uh you're as you're eating food it's you're also smelling it and that that sort of like combines in your in your brain to form like oh this tastes pleasant and or it tastes like donkey ass right <laughs> also i'm actually sensitive to this ingredient in food coloring not not in the blue stuff but in the red the red stuff. oh yeah you know that the- there's that like dye that's in stuff so cup, pink cupcakes or red velvet cake that uses that that red dye number 40 mm-hmm. um tastes really bitter and disgusting. It tastes like a bunch of ass to me. Um, and it's actually not made out of, uh, it's not made out of ground up beetle butt. But like, I mean, some dyes, some dye was, but this is right, just artificial. School. Yeah, old school. Um, but it it still tastes like, still tastes like beetle ass, even mm-hmm. if it's not made out of beetle ass. And that's probably because I have more uh taste receptors that right. can like pick up on on the bitter flavor so like i was at a christmas party and there was all this like red um oh, cupcakes and they looked stuff. yeah because of christmas and like i ate one and i'm like this tastes like this tastes like bug ass and i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> i love the taste of chemicals in my mm. food which is why i will die before 60 <laughs> i love it i mean probably because like that's that's the only way you can get get that flavor is by like putting a bunch of like burn me fill me with chemicals (laughs) i don't care just like pure citric acid in your mouth just fizzing and bubbling away like i can finally taste taste (laughs) childhood we had this do you remember that uh that period of time you probably didn't care for this period of time where they were just dyeing foods and condiments random colors i hated that i loved it so i don't even like ketchup but the the Green, green and purple ketchup just that was offensive but i loved it and there was also <laughs> like they had i don't know they they had blue spongebob macaroni and cheese oh no why loved it oh god because under the sea of course yeah and then they had blue margarine that came in a Ew. bottle and you squeeze oh, it onto potatoes no. stop it and i used to sneak downstairs and just have a pile of blue margarine. Oh my god! Just for myself. Who are you? You're a monster. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> I mean, that uh, is interesting because maybe, be, maybe you are like. Uh, I mean, I didn't do a survey of your entire tongue, but um, <laughs> uh, the you, you could be a non-taster. Like you could mm-hmm. have slightly fewer taste buds than average, and that then, makes sense to me. And then that would allow you to, and maybe the bright colors of the food would make it more appealing because it's like, you know, some kind of visual stimulation to like make you get through that pile of margarine. Blue margarine. Oh, come on. Blue margarine, another good EP name. I guess you couldn't taste how terrible that should be. No, I think I I was more connected to the idea of how fun it was more than I could taste it. Oh, God. probably I'm a non-taster. so gross. I also (laughs) used to eat SpongeBob macaroni, but in the normal color of, like, neon orange. I mean, yeah, the the normal (laughs) color that we all know and love. There was a blue 
option. And I remember it was like 25 cents more. And I had to like argue with my mom of like, no. It should I- be it should be free. They should <laughs> they should pay you to eat blue macaroni. It enhanced my experience. I'm like, we're gonna have to pay the yeah. premium, mom. It's- yeah. I bet you'd love those, like, um, do you like those rainbow bagels? And, like, yeah, have you seen those? I, I've seen them. I've never had one myself. But I wouldn't be able to taste the difference. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the food dye actually influences the taste. It's just that, like, unless it's that ass butt dye, the red dye. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I do think it's, like, you expect a certain flavor to come with certain colors. So, like, like red and green should be like vegetables or fruit and like mm-hmm. um and then war- like the yellows and browns and stuff you could have more savory stuff and like purple is an like aw- i guess grapes purple cauliflower i'm okay with yeah. purple food like i like purple potatoes and stuff purple yeah i like i mean i i'll eat but not purple anything. not purple ketchup what about purple margarine? No. Which on. is chemical based to begin with. I guess with. if it's in, like if you're making mashed purple potatoes and you use purple margarine, it's just going to get lost in the purple. So that, that'll be sauce. okay. Mm. <laughs> I love it. So I want to go on an imagination journey with you. Okay. Will you join me? Of course. Thank you for asking consent. <laughs> so imagine if you could taste with every part of your body. That sounds horrible. Okay. It's wait, a, wait, it's a fair want? point. It's a fair point that okay. it's horrible because, yes, we could taste our own underwear and our own sweat mm-hmm. and the ground and dog faces. Yeah. I feel like the majority of stuff in the world is not stuff I want to taste. Right. But are there any positives to this? Like, Because I was thinking you could go to a grocery store and just feel everything. Oh, if you're in the right space, that would be right. great. Right. What would be like the best? Like, would it be a grocery store? Because like the ground's kind of nasty. I know. I, well, I guess there's no place unless you have someone covered in a delicious sauce mm. carrying you oh. everywhere. That then... sounds that sounds lovely, regardless of whether uh, you can taste everywhere. <laughs> if I was covered. If I had some sauce boys mm-hmm. to carry me around boys. in delicious areas, then I think it would be great. Or maybe you would find out that things that look disgusting, I don't know, right. not everyone's licking the ground all right. the time. Right. Well, you, you get a couple of sauce boys to carry you around the grocery store, <laughs> and you, you touch all the melons. You touch. Well, I guess melons, if you just touch it, you're tasting the rind, right? So you have to get oh, into yeah. the... You'd kind of have to smush so you grapes. Gotta, you gotta get. Uh, you gotta also hire someone to, you know, yeah. get to the good part because you're tasting a lot of wrappers. Right, that way. right, right. <sighs> Complicate. Also, sounds like something that would be easily. I don't know. Well, if you're tasting, is that does that mean I'm very wet? Well, why would you? I mean, I guess you would sort of be wet, right? Or, what, or like just, if you're a tongue, you're just you're just, you're just, just a, a dry, dry, dry tongue. Everything. Yeah, you're just dry humping fruits all With the time. Chicken. Oh, you could be a vegetarian because you could yeah. just feel up a live chicken. Oh my God, that's that's a great hack. You could just right. yeah, you could just touch an animal. But that's scary because then if you were like hanging out with your parents, would you just what if they were delicious? What would you well, do? Well, you'd hug them a lot. Would and, you be fu- and also okay? Other question: Would you be full? No, you no. Know. No, you're just so like you like. Are you full after licking a chicken? No, Come that on. sounds that sounds scary. What if your closest like 
friend t- like you Tastes know for great. a fact you develop taste a taste right. for a friend and you're just like for this friend close, is close trusted confidant mm, mm. yeah i could see that being a problem but then you could like you just carry along some snacks and eat those so you don't kind eat like your friend a vampire right yeah. right like a flavor vampire a vampire trying to yeah so i bring this up because catfish are actually a giant tongue Ew. Yeah. Okay. So yellow bullhead catfish has over 175,000 taste buds all over its body. It's a wet, slippery body. What's going on in its mouth? The same thing? Well, it's got the highest density in its whiskers. You know, the little like, those little phalanges that come out of its mouth. I know, adorable. So it actually has a good reason for this because it's around in the dirty, muddy parts of the water, scrounging around all that fish dookie. It can't see very well because it's very silty. So in order to hunt its prey, which are like little fish, snails, and so on, Mm -hmm. they need to be able to like taste, taste everything around them so that they can like you know, if they oh. rub against something that's like they're like, oh, and then, and then a they flavor, and then they eat it. <laughs> the catfish is a dirt freak. That's yeah, intense. Yeah, they're pretty freaky. They just like roll around until they find something. <laughs> just got a goatee, just rubbing up against <laughs> it and then consuming it. Also, I don't, do you fish? Are you a, a fisher fisherwoman? Um, my mom used to hook up with them. Oh. I interned on a bo- I interned on a boat. <laughs> she, she had sex with them. Oh, okay. Uh, she, <laughs> I I was a a boat assistant but only Ooh. for a couple of days. Mm. Well, cuz I was thinking like if you caught a catfish, one of these catfish that's oh, yeah. bodies or tongues when and you hold it up like look at my big fish and mm-hmm. how cool I am, you know, it's tasting you before you <sighs> even get to taste it, which is a delicious irony. I think, I mean, good for them. Good for you, Catfish. Good for them. So I'm going to move on to another super sensor. Okay. That this time it's more about smelling odors. Okay. So the jewel beetle can detect fire up to 50 miles away. And why? Well, <laughs> what does it use so this skill for? Something you might not expect or really want. It is is very horny for dead trees. It wants to oh, Yeah, it that's wants nice. it wants to burrow into the dead tree because okay. it's going to lay its eggs in there. They're a type of borer beetle. Do beetles have sex with each other? Am I yeah. insane? Okay, so no, they no, do and yeah. the, but then they're like but I want to be near a tree. Right. The tree is more like the unwilling the tree is like cell. Oh, yeah. like a surrogate. Like a surrogate, oh, right? Oh, that's nice. But it kind of kills the tree too, which is, you know, not great. Well. So it prefers these dead or dying trees because it wants to get in, like deep in there so that the little larva can eat what's called the cambium and the phlegm. Freaky. <laughs> okay. So that's, that's like the guts of the trees. Uh, and then... But a healthy tree is going to have insect fighting capabilities. So it's going to produce pitch and tar and resin and trap them. Like that's how we get Jurassic Park because it encases the fly or mosquito. And then Jeff Goldblum has sex with a dinosaur. Right. My favorite part of the movie. Right. We all love that part. 
And then they have a bunch of like Jeff Goldblumasaurs that <laughs> go around and wreak havoc. And right, right. They uh, find a way. Wow. Yeah. So they're okay. So yeah, they're just like the beetles get too horny and it mm-hmm. kills them. What a, <laughs> what a metaphor. Well, right. So the beetles are competing to get to the tree first so they can burrow in there, lay their eggs before anyone else. It's like a bunch of soccer moms swarming the parking lot to a private school. And then do they stay with the eggs or do they bail? I think they bail. Wow. Uh, but firefighters will get swarmed by these beetles. No. Mm-hmm. And it must be a real treat to be a firefighter, risking your life, getting smoke all over, and then like beetles just- Insult to injury. Gross beetles pooping out eggs, like trying just to- launching shove, eggs? Just launch, no. Oh. <laughs> but can you imagine just beetles everywhere? No. So apocalyptic. I killed a very pregnant fly once on accident. Oh, no. And it was, oh my God. I still have dreams about it sometimes. Oh, no. I don't like smushing bugs, not because I'm a humanitarian, (laughs) but because their guts really disgust me. And so, and there's always way more than you think there's. Yeah, gonna be. it's gonna. It's like a really a tiny, little teeny tiny bug, and you squish it, and it's like like piles of white goo. Just like, where is this coming from? What was this used for? I don't know. Are you just a big goo ball? <laughs> well, we're gonna look inside of this beetle Ooh. Um, by smooshing it around in our brains. <laughs> <laughs> Swish. Yeah. So uh, how do they detect fire from so far away? They actually have this really complex system of smoke detection and infrared heat radiation sensors that work together to pinpoint precisely where smoke and fire is coming from. So they smell from their antenna because Mm -hmm. life is weird. Uh, They have olfactory receptors on their antenna. Mm-hmm. And they're able to detect chemicals found in smoke, and they're so sensitive they can actually differentiate the different chemical profiles of species of trees, like oak or pine smoke. Oh, they're like a redwoods burning better. <laughs> can they travel fifty miles to get yeah. to that tree? Yeah, yeah. Oh. They they can fly. Oh, Th- they're sense. airborne makes sense. and coming towards trees. <laughs> But they also have infrared radiation sensors in their abdomen. So there are these very sensitive fluid-filled bulbs. And then when the temperature heats up around the bulbs, Mm -hmm. uh, the pressure inside this goopy water balloon builds up. And then that's measured by a neuron. And then it sends a signal to the little beetle brain that goes like, hey, it's hot, man. Whoa. But it's like very, very sensitive. More sensitive than like when you feel... You know, like heat on your skin. And so they can detect very small changes. Yes. And so so how are these two things connected? Like you feel the heat and then you look for smoke or are these separate systems? No, they, they kind of get all intermingled in the brain. So okay. like you have these two detectors, the radiation and the smoke, and then using both of those sets of data, their little tiny beetle brains triangulate exactly where the smoke is. And that's how they can find it from so, so far oh. away. Okay. That's such a long way for eggs you're going to bail on anyways. <laughs> a real journey. High effort for a very low effort parent. Bad parenting. What if you were bitten by a radioactive jewel beetle? Would you gain the ability of super smell? Well, some already have this skill, but it may be more of a curse than a blessing. 
Hyperosmia is a rare condition in which you have a heightened sense of smell. Causes can be genetic or due to hormone levels, environmental factors such as medications, or even Lyme disease. Having a highly sensitive sense of smell can cause great discomfort, nausea, and be really distracting. I have a fairly sensitive sense of smell, and when someone cracks open a can of tuna, it feels like the ocean just farted in my face, and I hate it. So I can really sympathize. Just imagine how disgusting it would be to be able to smell someone's gym socks from across the room. But if you're curious what it's like to have super smell, good news. We're all endowed with night smell vision. Smell o vision? Whatever. Researchers found that smell sensitivity is linked to the circadian rhythm being strongest right before bedtime. How did they study this? Well, they threw some adolescents a super awesome in-lab slumber party with a really strict bedtime to establish a stable circadian rhythm. To test their odor threshold, they had the kids smell what the study calls, and this is a direct quote, and I'm not kidding about this, sniffin' sticks. These are a brand of lab-created sticks with odors at known quantities, so you can test how sensitive someone's sense of smell is. The researchers found that the kids in the lame slumber party were better at huffing these sniffin' sticks right before they went to bed. So that means we're all taking off our shoes and smelling those juicy sock odors right at peak smell an hour. The human body is a magnificent machine. Smell you later. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more stinkin' podcast. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. So, have you ever wondered why we're ticklish? To get to the bottom of this, scientists tested tickling on rats. When the rats received a tickle, they laughed. Really, they emitted high-pitched squeaks that are associated with a happy rat. They also wiggled around and jumped, just like a little kid when you're tickling them. The researchers found a specific pattern of activity in the somatosensory cortex, which is a fancy word for saying your feely part of your brain, when the rats were tickled. It's more complex than just stimulating the nerves, however. The rats had the same pattern of activity in the brain when the researchers playfully chased them with their hands, making little tickly fingers, you know, like when you're like, ah, oh, the tickle monster's gonna get ya. The study suggests that there might be a complex social reason for tickling, 
which might also explain why you can't tickle yourself. Tickling is all about the unexpected, which is why when you get a soda and the fizziness touches your nose, you might feel it tickle. But what if you're like our next featured creature, where he sees the entire world through vibrations and tickles in his nose? So, star-nosed moles use their noses in a really different way than you might expect, which okay. generally you think of noses as being used for, like, smelling or to hold a mustache. Yeah. But they actually use it to see the world in a way that's, like, really weird. What do they use their eyes for? They don't. Whoa. They're blind. Oh, right. That's a mole. <laughs> <laughs> so their noses are really messed up looking. They look like two hands kind of like together. Like the Pan's Labyrinth yes, monster? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, maybe that was symbolism in that movie because the hands have like eyes in it and like star-nosed yeah. moles use their like weird hands nose to Del like Toro wouldn't see. put it past him. <laughs> Um, but maybe I'm guys. just a big mole nerd. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, their nose looks like this pink, fleshy starfish. And we'll, we'll put a gross picture for you guys up on our Twitter. Yeah. And it can smell, but the main reason it has those like little nose fingers is so that it can feel the earth around it and feel vibrations coming off of its little tiny prey items. Wow. And then it's like, it's like literally feeling this like vibration and zooming towards it so it can eat. A little insect. Wow. Okay. <laughs> this is, okay, again, a dumb question, but. There's no dumb questions, only dumb people. There's, I may <laughs> be one of them. <laughs> so we're using the nose as eyes. Are we also using the nose as a nose? Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Actually, it's one of the only noses that can smell underwater. So they, wow. uh, they snort out air bubbles and then suck them back in. And they're like, yeah, this smells like, like pee Why or whatever. Why can't we do that? Well, because you're not a fancy mole and your nose is very normal looking and doesn't have labyrinth fingers nose. coming out of it. <laughs> it has 100,000 nerve fibers in its nose, okay. which is a lot. That's a it lot. It sounds like a lot. It is a lot. And it's the world's fastest eater, so it can decide whether to eat something within a quarter of a second. And then just go for it? Just go for it, which... I feel like I'm the world's fastest snacker because like, <laughs> I just... I like pouring things into my mouth, like not even liquids, but just like discrete snack just items. all things. Yeah. 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 But, you know, scientifically speaking, they, they got me beat. That's so weird. I don't think of like moles as like very effective predators. I They're mostly very, think yeah. about like Kim Possible. Yeah. Like to the little insects and worms, they're just this terrifying hell beast that can find wow. them even if they're not making any sounds and just their hearts are beating and they're moving a little bit. I've got a newfound respect for terrifying moles. <laughs> I'd like there to be like a B movie of just giant moles that snorkel around and dig yeah. tunnels. Sort I of like let's normalize hideous animals in children's movies. Yeah, <laughs> let's do why, that. Look, like have have some Pixar movie about a star-nosed mole who wants to be a painter even though he's blind and mm -hmm. and then but the world only sees him for his freaky nose but he finds a way but he yeah he I mean how could he not he can breathe underwater right. he can attack within a quarter of a right. second and I don't want any of like that classic like we're gonna give the mole a makeover princess no. diary style no. the mole's hot it remains disgusting the entire time and the movie's yeah. called Star, a mole story. <laughs> <laughs> it's a part of the extended A Star is Born universe. 
So I'm going to talk about another freaky nose with you. Ooh, yes, please. So vampire bats. I believe they are adorable. They're very cute. I accept that they're a little freaky looking, but they're these little tiny bats. And indeed, they do drink blood. They don't kill people or animals. They just kind of take a little nibble and drink some blood. Is that all they eat? uh, That's all they eat, yeah. Wow. So... How do they know like what the best spot is for maximum blood oozing? They actually have this really sensitive nose that has these little dimples and it's full of this protein called TRPV1. <laughs> That's Sounds my science robot voice. Cute. So these proteins have been modified in these bats to be able to sense heat at this very, very minute level. Hmm. So their nose can actually detect very faint differences in heat so they can like see like, oh, this part of the cow has a really active vein that I can splorch right into. Whoa. Do they care? I don't know why I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Are they like, well, I don't want to pick a vein that would kill someone. No, they absolutely do. don't care at all. They don't care. No. Um, Salty. So their saliva contains an anticoagulant so okay. the blood doesn't like clot. Wow, um, thrifty. Yeah, and so it's like, just got to keep that blood flowing. And these are very small bats, and their tongues have this little tiny groove in it. Mm-hmm. And the way they drink the blood is actually through capillary action. So capillary action is like how you can use paper towels to mop up fluids and how plants drink. Oh, so they've got like little brawnies? <laughs> little brawny tongues. Wow. Um, they have this very narrow tube in their tongue that like the way capillary action works is water's super sticky. It's like why when water gets on you, you're wet because it doesn't just fall off. It's, right. it's sticky. And it likes to stick to itself, but it also likes to stick to surfaces. So if the stickiness to a surface is greater than its stickiness to itself, it'll travel up that surface. Right. So if you have a very narrow tube, that surface tension is not that great because there aren't that many molecules on that surface sticking together. So it's more sticky to the sides of the wall of this capillary. And it just kind of like scoots right up, right into the bat's mouth. Wow. That's very efficient. Yes. They are very efficient, precise blood suckers. That's terrifying. Do you know what? like region are they native to i don't know if i've actually seen one in person so they're like in central and south america and in mexico oh okay yeah they love the cattle there we had a bat issue in my hometown but they were big and dumb so (laughs) (laughs) like fruit bats I don't know. They were big, and my dad would leave the door open, and so they would just fly into our house and, like, haunt where, us. Where are you from? From Massachusetts. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah so there's a lot of big, stupid bats <laughs> there, and you just catch them in a blanket and then go oh, outside my. and release them. That's scary, because, like, they're vectors for rabies, and I'm always, like, freaked out about finding a bat, because it's like... Right. Imagine just leaving your home open, and uh, there's, like, video footage of me when I was a baby, just with a... That bat. flying over my crib. Oh, no. <laughs> fun. Fun memories. You were the bad baby. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why I flew here. So that's one way of, like, detecting something is through your nose, through the vibrations and heat differences in your nose. But elephants use their feet. Uh, oh. You would think that of the animals, like, their trunks would be... Nose heavy. Would, would be, yeah. 
But, I mean, their trunks are extremely sensitive, to be sure, but their feet are able to detect seismic information from up to 20 miles away. Whoa, okay. So they can, like, detect earthquakes before they even say, happen. So, so mm-hmm. 20 miles down. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I'm not sure if it's straight down because, like, the further down you get, I think it's, like, it's denser. Um, right. The, but, like, in the soft soil, that's going to be conductive to the vibration, 20 mm-hmm. miles so they can hear warning calls from other herds of elephants through their feet. And they get really, so these mean researchers played these warning calls through the grounds like 20 miles away. And then the elephants over there were like getting really agitated because they're like, oh man, someone's like, Something's happening. yeah, I feel it in my feet. Uh, <laughs> so the biologists think they're capable of this because they have conduction of seismic waves up through the foot through the bones, and then through, like, the skull and the ears. Up to their brain? Yeah. Wow. It's why, so, like, we actually, our bones are very conductive to, like, sound. That's why when you talk, you, like, hear yourself a certain way, and then when you hear yourself recorded, you're like, Uh, Oh, I absolutely cannot (laughs) listen. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You you sound disgusting because that's how you actually sound and you're just not used to it. That's so upsetting because sometimes you're you're just like, oh, this is, I could deal with this voice. Yeah. My voice sounds wonderful. And I think I've finally, like after having to hear my voice a lot, like I've gotten used to how like squeaky it sounds because like through my bones it just sounds so much lovelier it's always pitched up yeah yeah listening back oh god listen to this podcast through my bones and you're gonna be like oh my god the silky smoothness (laughs) of that voice (laughs) moles elephants and bats may have us beat with their super sensory noses and feet but we're starting to develop impressive technology around touch Artificial limbs are becoming more and more advanced, not just in their mechanical ability to hold things, but the really important function of touch. There's a new prosthetic being tested at the Cleveland Veteran Affairs Medical Center that connects force sensors in the prosthetic fingers to electrodes that attach to the residual nerves in the flesh above the amputation. The electrodes stimulate the nerves when they detect activity in the artificial sensors. The trick is developing complex stimulation patterns that can mimic the many different types of sensations. The cool condensation on a glass, the squishy feeling of an overripe banana, or the slippery, wet feeling of an angry catfish tasting you with his tongue body. Hey, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more touchy-feely stuff after the break. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. 
Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. Have you ever visited a psychic who brags about a sixth sense? Well, big frickin' whoop. Most of us have a sixth sense, maybe even more. Sure, there's touch, taste, smell, sight, and hearing, but there's also proprioception. I know that sounds like a terrible sequel to Inception or some kind of Harry Potter spell, but trust me, you probably have proprioception. And here's a way to test if you do. Close your eyes now. Touch your nose. Congratulations! If you succeeded, you have proprioception. Proprioception is the ability to sense where your body parts are, even if you can't see them. Being able to touch your nose was actually a big accomplishment. Think about it. Could you just walk to somewhere on the ground marked with an X with your eyes closed? Well, that's essentially what your hand just did. So how do you accomplish this? It's a lot more complicated than you might think. We have special proprioceptor cells in our muscles and tendons. These cells are kind of like little GPSs. They send signals to the brain with information about the muscle and tendons movement and location. They do this with the help of this little protein called piezo2. When a muscle stretches out, that piezo2 protein opens its mouth and allows particles to flow into the proprioceptor cell. Then that cell fires and sends a signal to the brain saying, hey, your muscles stretched out. That allows your brain to understand where your arm is based on how your muscles are moving. So scientists wanted to test to see if this piezo protein really was so important. So they removed it from mice. Then those mice showed no body awareness. They weren't able to walk. They kind of dog paddled on the ground. They reached limbs upward randomly. They really looked like drunk people on an ice skating rink. So you should thank those little piezo2 proteins for allowing you to find your nose or mindlessly guide Doritos into your mouth. So you want to take a trip down to Imagination Station with me again? Yes. (laughs) Here. You are here for it. All right. So if you are a superhero with special sensory abilities, what would it be? What would I do? Oh, God, I oh, I never have the right answer it's, for this question. You have to no, have it locked and loaded. There's no wrong answers. Special only sensory? wrong people. I just don't want to be seen. Okay. Ever. So that's invisibility. Which I know, is that's not, not sensory. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a statement of fact. Let me see. Sensory. Um, I don't want supervision. Yeah, that would suck. I don't want to look at anyone. You could see people's ding-dongs from miles away. Yeah, I don't know. That's a kind of perverted wish. I don't want to see people's ding-dongs. I don't want a perverted wish. I would, wouldn't want to hear people's thoughts because no, I'm very petty. You'd hear about ding-dongs all the time. Yeah, yeah. It'd be and, gross. Oh, God. So not that. That's out. Super touch? That might be good. I yeah, I think know. if you could turn it on and off. Yeah. then like when you pet a cat, can you imagine? That would be amazing. Yeah. But then if you felt that all the time, then like when you stubbed your toe, you would die. That's true. If you would feel pain like a right. million times harder. Right. Smell sounds annoying to oh, have it, too much of. I have a pretty sensitive nose and it's bad. That's not good. Like I smelled burning olives once like and it 
just made me want to puke and I don't even know why. Do people always think that you're having like a stroke because you can smell things really strong anytime someone smells something very specific i'm like we have to go to yeah, the hospital I, was, I, was remember, I remember when i was a kid i was like there's something smells just awful like like rotting something and like my parents thought it was crazy and then i was like smelling around the house like a dog and then i finally found like this plant that had started to rot and you could smell that yeah oh my god yeah so that's cursed yeah it, it is a curse tuna like I mentioned earlier, it's just like Poseidon's butt crack, and I, ugh, I can't, oh, I can't I do, do love it. Tuna. Well, I used to eat it, and then I think somehow like your taste buds changed, or I don't know. I, I think I just, I think it started when I, my mom gave our dog some tuna, and then like there was hot tuna dog breath, and I was just like, nope, oh, this that, is bad. I felt that in my bones. <laughs> I think I would go with touch, if I had to pick. Yeah. That sounds. The least. Yeah. Bad. That sounds pretty good. And then, like, you could get some benefits from that. Super touch. I feel like I would, maybe this is cheating a little bit, but I'd want to be able to understand completely what an animal's expression means. Oh, so like, okay. Like, if my dog is making a face, I want to know if that's, like, poo face where she has to go poop or if that's just, I want attention, Let's so I'm going to pretend I have to poo. So oh, we don't even have that for people. No, we don't. The reason I specify animals is I was thinking, well, maybe I would want to be able to detect lies or what someone's expression means exactly. But mm -hmm. maybe not because I like to be lied to sometimes. I feel like if you wanted to do that sort of suit, you would just have to be a very particular kind of person that would right. be like, well, then I'm going to just manipulate people <laughs> because I know what everyone's thinking at all times. I'm too weak for that. Though. And you can't ever ask something like, do these like bright red jeans look good on me? Because then they'd be, like, uh, they'd be like, yeah, sweetie, they look great. Oh, yeah. I need those lies. I, I need those lies. Lies make the world go around. Yeah. So the reason I ask mm. is platypi. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, they have a special sensory ability beyond the normal five called electroreception. What Which, is that? It sounds like an X-Men, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. For so, such a goofy-looking animal. Yeah, so it's the ability to detect electrical fields. So first got to understand, what the heck is a platypus? It's, <laughs> a, it's a monotreme, so that's a very primitive form of mammal where they lay eggs, and they don't even have nipples. They just kind of ooze milk out of their skin. Wait, what? Yeah. Just, they just... Just leak milk. <laughs> just like in a puddle of their own lactation? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, like, it gets all in their fur, and then the little babies just kind of lick it. Like they, they have fur? I think, I'm thinking of a Pokemon. I don't know what a so platypus a is. Pie, <laughs> they have the bills, the beaver tails, and the fur. Oh, I'm thinking of the right Pokemon. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah. It is, it's also a Pokemon. What is that one called? It's I don't like, know. But it's like a big blobby. Yeah, yeah. Platypus thing. thing. Yeah. Platyplex. Platamon. <laughs> um, so actually people used to think it was a hoax because they're like a bill and then a beaver tail and no nipples, but it's a mammal like <laughs> sounds like a yeah, sounds like a an idea you would have on mushrooms. Yeah. But actually that bill serves a really interesting purpose because it has tens of thousands of electroreceptors, which are these little cells that can detect electrical fields. Why? Well, 
again, kind of remember like with the catfish and the mole, they can't see very well in their environment. Platypi can see, but they're often in like murky, silty water. Mm -hmm. So if they want to detect their little prey, like those little shrimp and worms and insects, they need a little boost. So they can detect these very, very faint electrical signals that are coming off of the prey. Because like we're actually, we have electricity going on. Like when your heart beats, there's an electrical pulse there. Right. Your brain activity are... When your synapse fires, there's a little electrical boop. Yeah, just very, very faint in your muscles, too. Mm -hmm. Um, So you you, you do have this electricity, but it's very minute. And so they are able to sense that. And they also have mechanoreceptors, which are like movement receptors, which detect physical motion. Okay. And then using both of those, sort of like how the jewel beetle uses both of its sensors to triangulate the platypi uses both of these to pinpoint prey in this very precise manner and so hammerhead sharks also have this ability they have electroreceptor pores in that weird hammer face of theirs that makes more sense to me i feel like i underestimated the platypus platypi are are nuts they have like yeah Yeah, like like, it's like a kid in class that you're like, this guy's a loser. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he can recite. Right. Whatever. He's Magneto. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, oh, he can. Okay. He's dope. Sorry. Sorry for teasing you. Please don't kill me with your spooky powers. Right. Right. (laughs) It's the nerd that comes back for you. So the hammerhead, to be fair, is the jock of electroreception. Yeah. He's basically wearing a Letterman jacket. (laughs) Because he's much more sensitive. They have what are called ampullae of Lorenzini. Um, pasta? <laughs> I know, it sounds like pasta. Sounds like pasta. It sounds like delicious shark pasta. <laughs> but they're these ampules or like bulbs full of electroconductive jelly and nerves that are really sensitive to changes in electrical charge. Ooh. And they can even detect prey under sand. Whoa. Yeah. So that's pretty important for them if they're like scrounging around. Definitely. And, and prey items will hide under sand to try to avoid being eaten, those little jerks. Man. Sharks don't need to be more powerful, but you know, good for him. Yeah, good for sharks. Good for them. They're I like a sensitive jock. Yeah, and they're <laughs> and their special powers. Yeah. So the electroreception is a close range sensor. You can't do it for miles. That right, would okay. be pretty nuts. But um so distracting. <laughs> so for the the sharks, they can sense prey up to three cubic feet away, which is still pretty crazy. Like if yeah. I was a shark, I could like close my eyes and know that you're there and read your thoughts. You would like know what I was doing or you would? Well, just like know you're there because like I can sense the electrical impulses coming from your, right. your, all your muscles and stuff. Freaky. I know. I'm not saying that sharks can read your thoughts, but, like, could they? But I would be willing to roll the dice on that I feel one. like if sharks were smarter, maybe they could sense all of the synaptic information. Sharks and... are dumb? Are they dumb? Yeah, I mean, sharks are fish, and they're not super smart. What a waste of their powers. I know, yeah. I know. So platypi can just sense within several cubic centimeters because they're they're pretty small and they're little nerds. Yeah. Those dumb little Oh, I'm nerds. not scared of them anymore. <laughs> I was like, I have to be in. I wouldn't be in a platypus's face. <laughs> well, so I read this thing that this 
factoid about how sharks can detect the charge between two batteries a thousand miles apart. And it's a little bit misleading because while it's true, they're able to detect very faint charge, which is what the fact is sort of trying to get across. It's actually, I mean, first of all, it's not a thousand miles distance, which right, that's... there could be a misinterpretation because like what they're saying is like you run a wire between two batteries thousand miles apart and that very faint charge if it's within three feet of a wire yeah it's it's very confusing yeah it's very confusing so it's sort of a weird weird fact that gets repeated and then um also i think that's just engineering wise not possible i don't think you can run a wire between has anyone (laughs) who has tested this i don't think so i think it was it's just a way to say like they're able to detect very faint electrical fields but it makes them seem classic like overstating they can find, the power of I sharks know, like they can find you a thousand miles away right. not true no just don't get in these animals faces don't be within three feet three cubic feet of a shark <laughs> that's just good practice good sense yeah so jamie what do you think cows butterflies birds bees flies cockroaches and roundworms have in common oh skin Nice. Good one. Thank you. Well, almost, but not quite true because bees and the other insects that I mentioned have exoskeletons. exoskeletons. So you failed. You failed the test. Get leave. Please push me out the window. (laughs) So the answer to my stupid riddle is they can all (laughs) detect magnetic fields. Wow. Butterflies detect the Earth's magnetic field in order to navigate during migration. Mm -hmm. So they know the direction of the field and then they... Uh, go like, oh, this is north and this is south, and then they're able to go on their great migration. So this one's really interesting because we don't actually really know how this happens. Researchers are looking into it, but there's yet to be like a solid answer on how animals are doing this. Wow. Not even one species specifically, all of them? Yeah. So like some species, we have a little bit of a better idea. Uh So cryptochromes are another Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, this sounds fake, but yes. It's proteins that are found in animals. Okay. um, And they're associated with light detection. Oh, okay. So they, you know, like circadian rhythms and sleep cycles, the protein detects light and it's like, oh, it's bedtime now. Mm -hmm. But they're also thought to maybe be able to detect magnetic fields in butterfly, birds, and flies. Oh, weird. But when researchers looked into whether this is what is helping bees, they have disproved that. So they put bees in this dark environment where they can't see any light. So no. cryptic, I know, just being this in the dark. Like my worst nightmare in bees. the dark with bees. <laughs> <laughs> but are the bees more scared of you or the dark? Or are you both scared of the monsters? I'm extremely afraid of both and won't <laughs> go down without a fight. So cryptochromes don't work without the presence of light. And they train these bees to detect, like they know bees can detect magnetic fields and they train them to associate the magnetic field with a tasty snack. So they would like go towards the magnetic field and get a reward. In the dark environment, they could still do this. So the cryptochromes have nothing to do with it. And we, they don't know exactly why or how they can use the magnetoreception, but 
they think that maybe iron granules in their cells could be responsible for it. Oh, that would make sense. Because iron's like, it encompasses, yeah. it's magnetic. But they, Metal yeah, stuff. Metals. Magneto bees. <laughs> That's terrifying. Yeah. That's terrifying. So if you have anything magnetic, the bees can find you. Well, I mean, the bees will always find you no matter what. And I know how critical they are to the world, but I I need them far away from me (laughs) at all times. Do you think any of these researchers used their study for evil where they're like, I've trained a swarm of bees to follow (laughs) these magnetic fields. I have bees. You could really engineer a plague. At my command. You could just engineer a whole plague. Like go to the president and be like, like, I am... Bees or and I have the power of bees and you will the, do as I say. Yeah, and then the president laughs him out of the room and he's like it's like bees come hither and like turns on an electromagnet or something and all these bees come towards God. I'd be like another Fox Sisters hoax. You could just use <laughs> science to trick the whole world. To to become the bee lord. Yeah. I, I like this idea. If let's I, uh, let's remove this from the podcast, and then I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I will, yeah, and you can just pay me off to not tell anyone. So there's also the issue of cows and deer aligning themselves to the magnetic fields while grazing, so from north to mm. south. And researchers use the Google, the Google, uh, as we do, Google imaging to study these pictures, aerial satellite photos of cows and showed like hey look they're all aligning themselves from north to south so other researchers couldn't replicate it but then this one research group that tried to disprove it was proven wrong by other researchers so okay if you're keeping (laughs) (laughs) what are the cows doing so the cows are aligning themselves from north to south so like butts south heads north Or vice versa. Looking towards Santa. Towards Santa. Yeah. So the cows are trying to find Santa. Mm -hmm. A group of researchers showed this. Their research was questioned by this other group of researchers who said, no, you're wrong. But then that group of cow doubters was proven wrong. Researchers are so bitchy. I know. Can't you just let the cows believe in Santa? Just let the cows look at Santa. The cow's eyes are watching God. Yeah. Don't ask why. Is Santa God? They're, I know. (laughs) Yes, I do use them interchangeably. I mean, they both got beards. They're both omniscient. Mm -hmm. They both punish the wicked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they're they both, oh I believe, both God, are, are hateful, Santa? omniscient powers. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, my Santa. I know. They're the same. <laughs> we have they're to ask one, the cows. They're one and the same. And the cows knew it all along. The cows are trying to tell us. But we kept <laughs> eating them. We did. They're like, guys, stop eating us so we can tell you about Santa God. And then we're like, sorry, I couldn't hear you over eating you. Over eating you. Yeah. You're incredible. Oh, God. This is why, this is why we can't have sensory hands because we would right. just know. Yeah. Well, that's why I want the ability to see an animal's expression because then I could see in the cow's eyes oh, what it's saying. And it's an urgent message for First you. it's saying moo, mm-hmm. and then it's saying don't eat me. But then thirdly, it's saying Santa is God. Watch out. This is a very Eliza Thornberry scale. <laughs> <laughs> this is it's exactly what it is. I know. Why didn't Eliza like 
ever do anything useful with her powers. I know. She's pretty selfish with it. I know. She like, was only a child, but it's like, come on. Come on. It, she was supposed to be the smart one, but like she never but has animals. She? Right. She doesn't have animals rise up against humans, kill everyone, and establish a beautiful new animal world. I want to know what would happen if Debbie had the power. I feel like she would have created an evil business out oh, of it. Oh, yeah. De- so, guys, remember Thornberry's Debbie... <laughs> Eliza Thornberry is a girl who could talk to animals. Debbie was cutie the pie. she was cutie, but Debbie was the cool older sister who listened to like Smashing Pumpkins or whatever. She wore a crop top. Yeah, she was cool. Yeah, she was awesome. She wore like a flannel. She wore flannel. Yeah, and then she she was kind of grunge. Yeah, she was, uh, loved Debbie. Awesome. If Debbie could talk to animals, that show would have been a hundred percent cooler. I think so. Because she yeah. would have been getting giraffes high. She. <laughs> Like she would have been, yeah, she would have been doing dabs with giraffes. She would have been, you know, I think she would have like met some evil animals and started a band. Yeah, yeah, like Howler Monkey Band, like Mm -hmm. really exploiting the animals to her own gain, and that is what I want to watch. That's the kind of late capitalism I'm here for. I'm here for it. Humans can't use electro or magnetoreception, but there are some examples of extraordinary alternative ways people have come up with to see the world. People who are blind have invented a form of clicking to help navigate the world. This is called human echolocation, and it works similarly to bat echolocation. The clicks bounce off nearby objects, and people learn to identify the different sounds of the clicks when they're bouncing off different obstacles. So you can do it in a few different ways. You can tap your foot or a cane or tap your palate. So like if you can click your tongue against your palate, like, and researchers have actually tried to quantify this. So they've worked with people who have become experts at echolocation. And not only have they found that they're able to identify different objects like cars and trees, but also found out that while echolocating, the visual cortex of the brain becomes active. And this is not true of someone who's not practiced at echolocation, so you can't just click and have your visual cortex light up. It's years and years of practice in associating your clicking and echolocation with seeing. So masters of echolocation can function similarly to sighted people. Ben Underwood had his eyes removed when he was only three years old due to retinal cancer, and he taught himself to echolocate since age five. He was able to play sports like basketball, he was able to skateboard and rollerblade and completely avoid obstacles. Tom DeWight is another expert of human echolocation. He's known as the Batman of Belgium, which I object to because Batman was lame compared to him. Tom DeWight's skills were way cooler, so I feel like Batman should be called the Tom DeWight of Gotham. So, Jamie, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. You got anything to plug? Uh, yeah, you can listen to my podcast. I host with Caitlin Durante. It's called The Bechdel Cast. Uh, every Thursday, we uh, analyze a very popular movie through a feminist lens, and it's really fun. And we That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for ruining movies for us all. I, I like <laughs> I do that, too. Like Whenever I watch a movie, I ruin it in my mm-hmm. head. So I feel like if someone else ruins it for me... It just, just removes, take out, yeah. takes out a step. It allows people to hate us personally. Right, right. I can great. blame I can blame you instead of my overactive 
brain. I live to be blamed, please. <laughs> so you can follow me at Katie Golden or at Pro Bird Rights, which I would totally suggest because birds are awesome. You can also follow us on Twitter. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> Love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.